We acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of this land, the Bunurong people, and pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. We recognise and respect their continuing connections to climate, culture and country. podcast. In this episode, Lee and Rwandi talk about No One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood. Aisha and Shartha give us reviews of Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell and the movie Lion. And Susanna recommends titles to mark International Women's Day. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Open Book Podcast. Hey everyone, my name's Lee and I'm here with Rwandi today. And for our book chat, um, Rwandi, do you want to talk about what book we're reading? Talking about yes, uh, yes, Lee. Um, we are talking about today. No one is talking about this by Patricia Lockwood. So it is uh, uh, Patricia's first novel um, and published in 2021. And it was a finalist for the 2021 Booker Prize and was one of the New York Times 10 best books of uh, that year. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, we didn't really plan this out, but let's do our first impressions of of the book. Um, this is this is one of the most interesting book chats um, that I think I've done because, yeah, we were kind of talking before about how some parts we found quite challenging to get yes. through, um, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll break that down. Um, we'll, we'll break that down in this chat, but. Um, it was, it, 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 I, I did find it somewhat hard to follow um, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Like the, the writing style was very loose and lots of tangents and um, we'll, we'll talk about the structure in a bit more details, but how, how did you find it in the end? Um, so as you said, I agree with you, Lee. Uh, it is one of the weirdest but one of the most beautiful books I've read. Yeah. I think I think the author is really, really has taken a challenge or like being really bold to put out a book like this because I find it just simply, I felt like I'm reading my social media feed, <laughs> reading the book, you know, in very, yeah. But um, the story is very heart-touching, heart-wrenching, mm. I would say. And um, in with a little bit of a holistic view, as in there's a lot to imagination. You know, you have to connect the dots. So, um, so do you want to say a little bit about what the story is about, Lee? Yeah. So, I mean, the story is about so many things. So, I, I think what I'm just going to really simply do is just read you the blurb. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of gives a little bit of an idea, but. Um, Yeah, it does take you on quite a journey. So the blurb goes, a woman known for her viral social media posts travels in the world speaking to her adoring fans, her entire existence overwhelmed by the internet on what she terms the portal. Are we in hell? The people of the portal ask themselves. Are we all just going to keep doing this until we die? 
Suddenly, two texts from her mother pierce the fray. Something has gone wrong, and how soon can you get here? As real life and its stakes collide with the increasing absurdity of the portal, the woman confronts a world that seems to contain both an abundance of proof that there is goodness, empathy, and justice in the universe, and a deluge of evidence to the contrary. Irreverent and sincere, poignant and delightfully profane, no one is talking about this, is at once a love letter to the infinite scroll and a meditation on love, language, and human connection from one of the most original voices of our time. I think, Beautiful. Yep. Yeah, it, it's almost like, I, I, I don't think I read that blurb going into this book, um, which maybe made it more difficult to get through. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because, yeah, that, that infinite scroll of, like, social media just seems like such um, a recurring theme. And um, when we look at, like, the structure and writing style, um, the book is broken up into two parts. So part one is incredibly sporadic and really hard to follow. It's, it's almost like... Um, yeah, I, I don't know the word for it, um, but the, the the content was really beautifully written and it was all captivating and very entertaining, but it felt like incredibly disjointed in structure. And there were kind of these tangents and it went in directions that felt um, a little inconsistent, but nonetheless entertaining. And then when I read that blurb, I'm like, oh, that is what social media is. It is just like this, as you scroll down Facebook or Instagram, it's incoherent. There's, there's no theme to what you're reading at all. It's, it's just like a mishmash of everything. And you might be entertained by it, you might not be, but it's, um, it's really, really mixed. Um, and then part two of the novel was a lot more structured and um, personally I found it more enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. The writing style was still quite, you know, still very free-flowing, but the content was a lot more consistent. Um, that being said, when we look at the blurb, the content is also um, devastating. Uh, so it talked about the main character losing her young baby, which is obviously quite traumatic and um was really at so many times really hard to read um how did you find the structure and, and the writing style Rwandi? um i think i agree with you lee at uh the first part is really hard to read and mm. at one point i thought what am i even reading you know mm. but it actually if you look at the bigger picture i, I realized that it's simply like we never realize when we use our social media, when you read our news feeds or, you know, social media feeds, we never realize what are we even reading, you know? Yeah. I think I think if the author's idea is to capture that and tell people, what are you guys reading? You're missing the bigger picture. And just we are trying to evade our reality, go to the portal, just spend some time there, be happy or, you know, just get mm. caught in the conversation. And um, I think uh, Patricia Lockwood has just touched a very kind of a nerve <laughs> that, you know, you guys are spending so much time or we were like some people, the younger generations, they were born to it, you know, 
with the social yeah. media, the internet. And there's so much in like, you know, caught with the current, just going with, simply going with the flow and then just, you know, and just missing out the reality or just sometimes just forgetting the reality. Yeah. And as you said, the first part, um, it just, uh, I like to say it as first part is the portal and the second part is the author's reality. Mm. Um, first part, I thought it's really hard. I, I struggled grasping the concepts, like what is she talking about? There was a story, but the story you had to really uh, focus and follow what she was trying to say. But as you yeah. said, it um, the author brought us to this reality or the fake, I wouldn't say the word fake, but the uh, created reality of the portal, how beautiful it is, what you talk about there and how you miss sometimes the bigger picture. And when it came to the second part, the most heart-wrenching, heartbreaking part about her mother saying, okay, there's something went wrong with the baby, uh, her Mm. sister's baby. um, And then just how that human struggle um, that how we felt that when we know that we are losing something and how humans react, you know, it was there was more story, more easy to follow structure. And I would like to read something um, that captured me on page 164 uh, from the part two. It says the things she wanted the baby to know seemed so small, how it felt to go to the grocery store on vacation to wake up at 3 a.m. and run your whole life through your fingertips. First library card, new lipstick, a toe going numb for two months because you wore borrowed shoes to a friend's wedding. And it got me thinking, there are small things, small, very subtle things when you have your whole life to live, you know, but when you know your days are limited and you know you die at any moment of time, you know, mm. they are the smallest things, but they are the most beautiful, profound things that we want to, you know, capture the small moments in life. Yeah. And I thought I was in tears reading the second part, knowing mm. that this baby is going to die. And I think the author took us from when she was in her mother's womb to the six months and one day old passing, uh, you know, dying uh, mm. because of her uh, syndrome that she had. I thought that journey was so beautifully written and so heart-wrenching. Even the parts of the novel that I wasn't enjoying as much, mm-hmm. I was still entertained because like that passage you read, it's everything is written so beautifully and like it's, um, it's very emotional when she, even when she's talking about things uh, like like social media that's quite removed and um yeah it was it was just a really yeah a, a really um special read I, I thought um the the content of what she's writing about is yeah, it's it's very modern and it's mentions of you know social media and memes um and it's almost like, yeah, there's this, yeah, when, when we think about our online worlds, um, it is somewhat removed from our everyday lives. Um, but the two to still intersect. And I think she almost had this, like, devastating approach of, like, 
experiencing trauma in the age of memes where like the memes just keep going and yeah when we go through a traumatic event for example you know loss in the family you know these days that experience goes hand in hand with social media and your digital interaction interaction um so if someone in your family is passed you might use social media to post pictures of them or as an outlet for your pain or you know, it could be using social media even as a complete distraction from what you're experiencing, like this mm-hmm. kind of has this really numbing effect. And I, I just think she put those two worlds together so interestingly because they are um, they are two separate worlds of our, of our lives. You know, most people have a social media account and they – they have an algorithm that's fed to them and they have like, you know, those moments of like infinite scrolling um, that uh, that we use, you know, for many reasons. One of those to numb us and uh, to like escape from our reality or maybe we want our reality a little bit more reflected or we want to know what's going on around the world and in the news. And, yeah, she just has this really interesting way of showing both separate worlds in the same story and I think yeah by the end that's what I started really enjoying about it and um and yeah it it, it probably took towards the end because I thought maybe the content was um yeah it was so like about social media and it was so um, fast moving that I was kind of searching for some sincerity in the first part and then in the second part there was almost like an overwhelming amount of sincerity and overwhelming amount of like obviously like yeah trauma and pain and so yeah I, I just found them such distinctive parts um, yeah what what did you think of the of the contents of the book, um, Rwandi? Yeah, so I think I agree with you, Lee. So as you said, like this lot of it's a very emotional read, mm. I would say. Towards especially towards the end, the second part was like um, I was so upset. I secretly wanted the baby to live. I thought, okay, maybe yeah. a couple of more weeks, you know, yeah. just know. you know, just like that. But at the same time, I. I like how the author, so so she was wrapped in this um, portal, the reality, and being very famous, going out, giving speeches in different countries, living her life, and how the tragedy hits, and then the whole, whole world collapsed. And mm-hmm. at one point, she said, and then she became this different person or another personality living for the baby, for mm-hmm. her well-being, living her life, giving trying to get just one more day, one more day, you know, just to yeah. have the experiences and all that. So I think um, at one point the author says that, okay, she po- uh, posted about some goose, um, cement goose uh, of her neighbor's house uh, that have different raincoats and different sweaters and stuff according to the season. She posted one of the pictures for just to tell the world that she's not dead. So that mm. means that she took herself out of the portal and then li- tried to live her reality, helping her sister and brother-in-law to, you know, deal with the baby and just get the stuff done and try to make their life comfortable as possible. 
Mm. But and then at that point, I thought just um, so then the the story goes on saying that the reporter calls and then ask about the picture uh, she posted and then she, and he she asks what are you doing in that particular place where what are you doing there and then she goes speechless and she says that not many you can't dress even dress up enough goose to do this particular thing isn't it mm. so it's like you know how many how many lies do we have to tell cover up just one truth in the other words so i thought sometimes life is like that for us you know you just put up a brave face you just show the reality especially on our social media but inside we are just like you know we have things happening in our actual life and then that's so much taking up our time consuming us and then we just sometimes just trying to live so i think she portrayed it very well yeah. and um the other thing i think that as you said the story was as it's, it's hard to follow the second part just really really um help me to get the bigger picture or just sum up the book and but until i got to the acknowledgement i didn't really realize that author is talking about her own experience mm. i was really sad <laughs> to know that she had to go through or anyone in this world had to go through seeing a baby die yeah yeah so um and uh it just simply if i read the last paragraph of the book it just says um she the author thanks everyone and then she thanks her sister and brother in law and who uh let me share the share in her life that's talking about the uh, b- uh baby and most of all to my little love lena uh you were not here to teach us but we did learn mm. it made me so emotional to think that I think I felt I really lived that 6 months of that baby's life in through this book. Yeah. So I think it's just fantastic that's that's amazing ability of the author to bring that the sorrow a little bit of happiness little bit of you know whatever they went through the emotional journey and just take the readers with her. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's fantastic. So I I struggle yeah. to think of what this book reminded me of um mm-hmm. i could think of a, a couple um one title uh, crudo by olivia laying um that title comes to mind just in the way that social media and memes and tweets are addressed in this very like matter of fact way like they're just simply part of the story um and Olivia in that book just kind of had this way of um presenting social media content in a way that she doesn't need to explain it it kind of assumes the reader has encountered these memes and these tweets before um and in some ways yeah i was thinking that yeah it it does i think that approach shuts out some readers um but also you know in some ways i found for example in patricia's um book her reference to like um quote unquote like caucasian man blinking meme <laughs> like just really funny and entertaining um and yeah you know, also being about social media i don't know how this it's only released last year so i don't we don't know how it's going to age and i think one 
title that it also reminded me of that I felt had aged a little quicker was Spring by Ali Smith. Um, I seem to be kind of on my own because a lot of people really enjoyed that book. But um, sometimes, yeah, that, that reference to like online culture can be a little kind of like cringy and, and dated, yeah, which makes sense because social media moves so, so fast. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm interested to see how, how books like this age and especially since Patricia, you know, doesn't do much explaining of, you know, this is the background behind this meme and this is the kind of context this tweet was made in. It's just like, I, I think, yeah, it shuts a few audiences out. Um, but you know, if, if you're following those things at the same time, then it's, it's an entertaining read. But um, how that holds up, yeah, I just I, I don't think we would know that yet. Yeah. Um, did it remind you of anything, anything similar, Rwandi? Um, I haven't read some, anything similar to this book, really, but I have mm. read um, Rimen Alarm's uh, leave the world behind recently mm -hmm. which is a fantastic book regarding climate change disaster you know just um this because this book talks about um unseen invisible dictator and a little bit of climate change and how uh, dependent are we of social media and we believe mostly anything that comes up you know sort of as in it can be taken as a tool that can change how you think you know, keep mm. you keep doing it for so long. Finally, you don't know what's what's the reality and what's not. Um, we are running out of time, but we might just talk about um, what else we've been reading. Did you want to mm -hmm. go first, Rwanda? Oh yes, um, I'm reading at the moment. Happiness is the way. I think happiness is the only way, isn't mm -hmm. it? <laughs> so this, yeah, this book, um, we have it in our collection. Both, um, so both uh, at Dandenong Library and Springwell Library. Um, so it is written by Dr. Wayne Dyer. It's a little bit old book, but the thing is, it's a self-help book. It it doesn't um, really, I think. Ventas, uh, if you are aware of him, he's one of the profound self-helpers or inspirational speakers. Mm -hmm. I'll read a little bit about from this uh, particular book. It's the title is "Happiness Is the Way: How to Reform Your Thinking and Work with What You Already Have to Live the Life of Your Dreams." Um, so the one quote he says is, "When you change the way you look at things, the, the things you look at change." Mm -hmm. I thought that is such an interesting very profound yeah beautiful yeah. quote and i'm trying to live by that i'm still yeah. halfway through and i suggest <laughs> if you're into self-help it's a fantastic book to read yeah and uh, what uh, else have you been reading lately so one particular uh, collection of poetry um by muhammad al-kurt um called rifqa um, that's actually a book that I used uh, suggest the title feature on our library catalogue and um, luckily the, the library ordered it for us so we now have it at Dandenong Library um, but it's Mohammed's debut collection of poetry um, he's based in Sheikh Jarrah in Palestine um, and the poetry is heart-wrenching and beautiful and just like he's I think he's quite 
young, but just like well beyond his years. So um, please borrow that one. Um, and another title that we have is um, that I really enjoyed is a collection of essays um, called In the Kitchen: Essays on Food and Life. Um, it's by it's edited by Juliet Anand, Yamisi Aribisala, and Laura Freeman. Um, and there's a lot of other writers in there, but it's it's very much like a summer relaxing read. It's just these beautiful essays on, yeah, food and life. And there's so much to it. And, like, yes, it's a really nice um, nice read. And on the opposite end, I um, the last book I finished was by Keith Lemon called Heavy. And it is, as the title suggests, very heavy, um, talking about, um, yeah, topics like of him growing up as a young black boy in America um, and also having um, like an eating disorder. And I thought just, I, I've never really read anything like it. I don't know if we have a copy at our libraries, but because we're a Libraries Victoria um, library, you can order from most other libraries around the state. So I was able to get that, I think, from Yarra Libraries, but sent over to Dandenong. So, um, yeah, those are three titles I've really, really loved lately. Um, but, yeah, thank you for um, Fan yeah, thank thanks, you for fantastic. Chats, thank, thank you, Lee. I really enjoyed it. And, yeah, so I think it was really good that, uh, you have quite a few books. I just only read just one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully we've given people lots of recommendations in this book chat. Yes, that's true. Now Susanna will recommend some titles to mark International Women's Day. Tuesday the 8th of March was International Women's Day. It is a celebration and recognition of women and girls all over the world. From Australia, as far away as India, even Guatemala, and all the way to Canada. Hi, I'm Susanna and I'm one of the information librarians at City of Greater Dandenong Libraries. I recently had the pleasure of having a look at some books that showcase International Women's Day, and I also recommended them to a patron. She was after some relevant books about women and women's stories. The first book that I recommended was Three Women by Lisa Tadeo, and it is a real tour de force. I love the writing and the way the book was split into three episodic sections for each story. A non-fiction book which actually reads more like fiction, Tadeo's book showcases three different women and their lives and loves. There's Maggie, there's Lena and Sloane. Maggie is a 17-year-old schoolgirl who's caught up in a dangerous liaison. Lena, a homemaker, starving for affection and attention, becomes consumed by an affair. And also Sloane, who is in an open marriage. This book is a little raunchy and perhaps a little controversial, but it is definitely one for the literature bucket list. Heather Morris's Three Sisters her third instalment in the Holocaust Survival Trilogy, stemming from her original Tattooist of Auschwitz, takes us on a journey of three sisters, Hibi, Magda and Livy, 
The book takes the reader on a journey through Eastern Europe and all the way to their emigration to Israel. Heather Morris weaves historical fiction into real-life events and does so in a very haunting and beautiful way. This one is a little disturbing, and given all the events in the world right now, maybe read this only if you are in a good headspace. Wild by Cheryl Strayed. This autobiographical work was eventually turned into a movie with Reese Witherspoon as the main protagonist. Cheryl Strayed, an adventurous woman, decides to hike the Pacific West Trail, which is a 1,900-kilometre-long walk, which finishes up in the state of Washington up near the Canadian border. Strayed takes the reader on an epic journey through exhaustion, experience and her own ego, which unfortunately does set her up for some disappointment. This book is great for the wonderlusters out there and for anyone who likes inspiring women. Roxane Gay's Bad Feminist. I read Bad Feminist a few years back, but it certainly stuck with me. Roxane Gay is a prolific American writer, professor, editor and social commentator. Her book, Bad Feminist, is a best-selling essay anthology about feminist issues. Gay writes in an often amusing, acerbic way and some of the essays she has collected have been quite moving but also confronting. Bad Feminist covers politics, gender and comedy in the zeitgeist at the time it was written. I highly recommend this book for everyone to read, both male and female. Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In Women. Lean In Women, Women Work and the Will to Lead is a great read for the professional woman. Sandberg was a former COO of Facebook. She takes a reader on a thoughtful and knowledgeable journey through being successful as a woman and breaking the glass ceiling. The book is highly recommended for its passionate and forward-thinking opinions about being successful in your career. Some might say that Sandberg speaks from a high level of privilege, so perhaps her experience is not as relatable as the average woman. However, her insights are still valid and informative and universal. Hope you enjoy these March Book Match recommendations. They can be found on our catalogue or just ask one of our friendly staff for more information. Now it's time for a book and movie review from Aisha and Shatha. In Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell, you'll dive into scandals across the world from espionage to an American arrested for murder in Italy. Despite millions of years of adaptation, humans are terrible lie detectors, especially when talking to strangers. You will learn that the assumptions we make may have devastating, life-altering and even fatal consequences. Gladwell approaches this in a few different ways. The default to truth theory, transparency or mismatching, and coupling. In default to truth theory, humans lean into the idea that people are generally telling the truth when they're not. In the case of Ana Montes, known as the Queen of Cuba, she infiltrated high ranks in the CIA and was accused of being a spy. When she casually denied it, they believed her. With transparency and mispatching, a person's expressions often don't match their inner feelings, such as the case with Amanda Knox, an innocent woman charged with murder by Italian federals for appearing guilty in her demeanour. 
This is where our transparent and flat ideas of what guilty and innocent behaviours look like can disturb us. Gladwell reminds us that it's not an episode of that TV show Friends, where an actor's perfect expressions are so transparent we know exactly what they're thinking and feeling. And finally, in coupling theory, it's assumed that people are bound to make assumptions by associating behaviour with a specific location. For example, a predatory doctor in their consulting room is often trusted to be telling us the truth and not be taking advantage of vulnerable patients. Using a trusted location to justify their actions, sometimes over their patients' well-being. Although this book tells a convincing story of our inability to discern what is truth, sometimes Gladwell tends to oversimplify complex issues by decontextualizing them. If he had acknowledged in some of the more prolific instances, in the case of Sandra Bland or Emily Doe and Brock Turner, the dynamics of power, or historical and cultural contexts, it may have been more insightful than boiling it down to a mystification of how strangers interact. In the smaller cases that are explored, from Sylvia Plath's death to the Kansas City policing experiments, there are incredible insights to draw from regarding how we form our own opinions about the strangers we talk to. Gladwell tells us, we will never know the whole truth. We have to be satisfied with something short of that. The right way to talk to strangers is with caution and humility. You can find Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell at City of Greater Dandenong Libraries in paperback, ebook, and e-audio formats. Hi everyone, my name is Shatha, working at the City of Greater Dandenong Libraries. Today I'm going to talk about the movie Lion 2016, based on the true story of the five-year-old innocent boy, Saru, who get lost. It's an adult theme movie and a dangerous dance biographical drama. Saru was a lovely boy who was to struggle for life with his family in India, and the night's sleep changed his life forever. Saru gets lost on a train which takes him thousands of kilometers across India, away from his home and family. He was lonely in an empty fast train, hungry, tired and scared. Saro gets lost between the crowd, not knowing anybody. He became a street kid, survived through life, was watching people around him the way they lived. He was a smart boy, knew how to trust people and how to run away from bad people. Here where the movie really moves you emotionally. Two months later, his life became better when Saru has been adopted by an Australian couple and he has to come from a long way from India to Australia. He was a lucky boy out of lots of children who gets lost around the world and Australia is a beautiful country. 25 years later, Saru gets educated and grown up with his parents, embraced every opportunity and he was a joyful kid for his adopted parents. It was very touchy and excellent performance. 
Saru's memories of childhood stole the show. Childhood memories started to kick in his mind and kept reminding him of the struggle in life with his elderly brother and his mom in India. He didn't enjoy life much after all, so he started to search for his family in India. His unwavering determination and the use of technologies like Google Maps and some mathematical measurements and calculations helped him to find his lost family and return back to his hometown. After watching this remarkable life of Saru, this amazing story needed to be told. Especially the passion and enthusiasm, so painful to see the desperation to find out his long-lost family, was beautifully carried out. It will have a huge impact on your thoughts and it will stay in your memories for long. Hope you will enjoy this movie, Lion, and thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Open Book Podcast. You can find all the titles we discussed in the show notes and check out other episodes and what's happening at the library at greaterdandenong.vic.gov.au slash libraries.